0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, December 21st, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. There are costs to any firm that wants to get bigger, and scaling up schools that work well face the same challenges. If the private sector can franchise many of its successes, why don't public schools take similar pockets of excellence within them and extend those benefits to more kids? Andrew Colson, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, says the incentives just aren't there. There are troubles for any business that wants to expand or scale up its production to uh, franchise or have many, many different operations. Ray Kroc, the genius that he was, his contribution, at least one of them, was the ability to design the firm, the individual McDonald's stores, in such a way that you could have a competent manager and have that expertise across all of your stores. And in, in schools, in public schools anyway, you would think that that would be possible to do, but there are troubles for schools that want to take a successful experiment and mass-produce it. What are those troubles?
1: Well, that's exactly true. Um, it isn't that we lack examples of excellence in public schooling. The problem is that the examples we have languish and and often fade away completely. Um, the, the typical example of this is Jaime Escalante, who was the fantastic calculus teacher at a public high school in East LA in the 1970s and 80s. They made a film about him called Stand and Deliver. Incredible teacher. At one point, the number of Hispanic students who were taking and passing the AP calculus test at his school was a huge portion of the total number of such students nationwide. That's how good his program was. Well... Ray Kroc would have found a way to reproduce his methods, his skill, um, provide incentives to
0: get other teachers to emulate his amount of drive, and maybe not perfectly. No, but but to to take a lot of critical elements and that can be scaled up and and mimic those.
1: Yeah, obviously uh, any any firm is flawed, um, and you can only do what you can do with the people that exist in the real world. You can't clone the greatest people. um, But there are things that you can do to make people perform better. And the huge difference, the fundamental difference between our education system and other fields is that in education, you don't have the freedoms and incentives you need in order to replicate excellence. So what you have is a system where excellence comes along periodically, as Escalante did, but there are no incentives for the people who are his immediate managers, his supervisors at the district level, or state departments of education to identify these pockets of excellence and figure out how to replicate
0: them. And without incentives, personal incentives, for that to happen, it doesn't happen. On the flip side of that... A lot of uh, public school officials presume, especially in pre-K, that this successful experiment that we've undertaken over here, in some t- some cases extremely invasive experiments into the, the lives of, of families, well, we can just take this, well, we just scale it up as if there are constant returns to scale mm-hmm. for these these uh this excellence in education.
1: Yeah, this is a particularly uh, pernicious problem. There are a few experiments, in fact, th- three really more than than any others, um, that have shown you can have some lasting benefits to extremely intensive early pre K education. These are experiments that were started in the 1960s and lasted 10 or 15 years, and then there have been one or two follow ups since then. They were all very small experiments. One of them had uh, something like 60 kids, another had 100 kids, uh, very localized. They were being operated by the people who developed them, which is always a kind of a special case. And based on these tiny experiments, people have generalized that we can create the same sort of results on a mass scale by having large-scale state preschool programs. But we already have large-scale state preschool programs in several states, for instance, Georgia. And these programs do not perform anywhere near the tip, these, these little atypical um, preschool experiments from the 60s and 70s. And so you once again see there, there were examples of excellence that The system completely
0: failed to replicate. How do you align the incentives of public school officials to take pockets of excellence, identify the key features that can be replicated, and then uh, replicate them?
1: Well, rather than start with the theory, I think it's always easier for people to start with the facts. And so what I like to do is just look for school systems where replication does happen where the top teachers do reach huge, huge audiences, and where the best methods are replicated. And what I find is that those systems happen to be organized much as every other field. So those education systems that work and expand excellence, as we see in, say, coffee or grocery stores, Those are also organized as free and competitive marketplaces. So for instance, the after-school tutoring sector in Asia, especially um, South Korea and Japan, is a for-profit business which is minimally regulated, uh, run entirely entrepreneurially. And it is in those places that you see, for instance, teachers that reach 50 or 60,000 students per class by virtue of not only giving their lessons live but recording them and making them available on the web in a very um, effective and inexpensive way. But because the audiences are so large... Those teachers are hugely compensated, and because of profit-sharing programs that most of these tutoring firms have developed, especially in Korea, you have excellent teachers, the modern equivalents of Jaime Escalante, making $4 million a year and having absolutely guaranteed job security because they are so valuable to their tutoring firms. So here you have an example of this actually happening, and it's happening because there are incentives for the tutoring firms to find the best talent because the best talent brings in the most students. You have incentives for students to look for the best teachers, and they have a huge range of choices. And then you have tremendous incentives for people to become better teachers and to emulate what
0: works um, that's being done by the best teachers. And to some extent to use technology to scale up the audience that you can, you can potentially have.
1: Absolutely. People are always looking in these competitive education marketplaces for ways to scale up. And uh, it really you have to have two things going hand in hand. You have to have uh, incentives and freedoms for scaling up from the inside, which is the route that the technology is allowing for the most successful tutoring firms. And then you have to have incentives for emulation, and the freedom for emulation. So, you have to have freedom for new schools to come into the marketplace and compete. And uh, there's a great example of this from the entire other end of the uh, economic uh, spectrum, which is the slums of India. In the slums of India, there are entrepreneurial private schools in surprisingly large numbers. In fact, in many places, they are the dominant form of education for these incredibly destitute families. Even in these low-cost schools, uh, a researcher named James Tooley has found uh, a teacher years ago who was using uh, closed-circuit TV cameras to monitor his teachers. And James thought with the low profit margins that they had in these schools, this was a ridiculous and outlandish expenditure. And the, and the manager of the school, he thought, was a madman. And he, he asked him about it. And he said, well, look, the reason that, teachers, the reason that parents choose my school— is because they know that teachers are teaching here. In the government schools, they're not teaching. Sometimes they don't even show up, but when they do show up, they'll drink tea and read the newspaper instead of teaching. So that's why I have customers. If I hire a teacher and he doesn't teach, I'm going to lose those customers. By having this video camera, I personally can periodically monitor all my classes and find out that all my teachers are teaching. I don't need to hire someone else to go around from class to class. So this is the most cost-effective way for me to ensure my market advantage. And sure enough, um, within a few years of this, when Professor Tooley went back to the same area, he found other private entrepreneurial schools in the slum area also using these video cameras uh, because it was a proven successful uh, innovation and it was, had been emulated.
0: Andrew Colson is director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.